What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Uh, uh, welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. I hope you're all well. I'm great. Thank you for asking. Today is another day, and another day of talking into the microphone in front of the camera. It's funny, whenever I do these, I had a few messages about the podcast and a few conversations about the podcast. And people are like, how do you do it? Do you, you know, do you feel weird in front of the camera? It's like, I'm actually just sat on my sofa talking to myself and just like waffling on. And uh, you kind of just get into a routine of talking about it. I kind of like can just waffle on for, for, for days. And when you've got a few topics to talk about, sometimes it acts as like a nice little brain dump. So I do quite enjoy these. And anyone else who out there who is enjoying just a solo podcast, please let me know. And if you'd like me to like get some guests on, there's a lot of people out here. I, I guess I'll... Uh, I guess maybe they'll respond to me. I guess once you get that verified tick, even though I paid for it, so, sorry guys, I did, uh, but for legit reasons, uh, maybe they'll I'll like my messages will pop up a little bit easier. So maybe I can, uh, I can do that. I feel like I get a little bit. I get. I don't get nervous for these. These are fine, at all. Don't zero nerves. But I get nervous when I'm in front of other people. So. I'd probably need some practice if I was going to do that. But if you want to see like people on the podcast, there are some really, really good, uh, really good podcast uh, studios here. In fact, I was with one. I was in one a couple times. Uh, if you guys might have seen with Bex and also, I can't remember Wakim's podcast. I can't remember the, the name of it. But uh, yeah, let me know. Tag me, message me, and that'd be cool to know. I'll give you a little bit of an update. So finally back on blast. Don't I sound like a fucking drug head right there? Finally back on blast. Uh, I say it more so not because I'm back on the drugs, but more so because I'm back moving towards the goal, if that makes sense. So I've got like a three week, three or four week deficit now. I'm on like day two. I'm already fucking starving. Uh, who would have thought? But like three or four week deficit to really, really not like necessarily get leaner because I'm pretty lean. But uh, especially if I go on anabolics, I'll probably get a little bit leaner initially. Uh, but just to get appetite back and to be able to eat for the next four months until like mid-April is probably when I was going to go on uh, for this this surplus. So I need to be able to eat until then, and I probably couldn't. I could probably eat for a few months, but I think it would run out, run out, run out of steam. So that is the uh, the reasoning behind the deficit. Back on uh, cycle as well. I can give you guys a little bit of an insight into the cycle. So at the moment, I'm going to escalate over four weeks. Um, that's generally the new I say the new way I do it. That's the new way that I, I get told by my coach to do it. So baseline dose, twenty five percent of my dose, fifty percent of my total dose, seventy five percent of my end dose, and then a hundred percent of my end dose after four or five weeks. Uh, just starting on sixty milligrams of test E and two hundred milligrams of Mastron every other day. Um, so it's already like heft. There's already like a gram. Boom, head in. Let's go. Uh, no, no messing around, and, and it's going to be a big one, guys. It is. I said that last time. It's even bigger than the last one. I think you do have to take a little bit more than last time. So I'm probably like two or three hundred milligrams up on last time uh, per week when I finally get to the end cycle. I'm not going to reveal that end cycle just yet. I'll wait uh, until I'm on it, and then I'll like explain it through you guys or to you guys. But feeling feeling relatively good. Um, those of you who heard the estate agent saga last week, it's kind of not over. It's very, very frustratingly. They rang me again yesterday because we made the complaints to the Dubai land agents, the Dubai land department, and also RERA, which is like the rental something or other. 
land agency, <laughs> something like that. Uh, and they have called them out. They've said, you need to go fix this with the tenant or we're going to prosecute you. So they called me yesterday. In essence, they tried to bribe me. I guess in essence, it is a bribe. And just said, how much do you need? How much do you want? Uh to make the complaint go away and you get caught in that moral dilemma of do I just like keep the complaint because they fucked over so many people or do you take the money so I was like I'll go pretty high on the money I was like look I want at least a thousand dirhams which is about 200 about 300 pounds maybe for every month that I've had to pay extra because essentially I've had to pay extra for the monthly rentals by a thousand. So it's like, they cover that. That's cool. I'm not out of pocket then. And then I want a thousand dirhams for every hour of my time wasted, which was at least like six hours. So the owner who has no spine or backbone was just like, yeah, sure. No worries. I'll get the agent to call you and do it now. The agent calls me and he's like, sir, he's going to make me pay it. And I'm like, bruh. This guy must make hundreds of thousands of dirhams a month and he can't separate with 12,000 dirhams because he hired the wrong person and he 100% knows what's going on. 100%. So he's forcing, and this is where it got really wrong in my opinion, but he was forcing him to pay the 12,000 dirhams. I don't imagine these guys make 12,000 dirhams a month, so losing a month's payment or he gets sacked. And he told me that. And I'm like, you shouldn't, I said on the phone, I was like, you shouldn't even be telling me that. I said, it's wrong of you to tell me that. I said, he did nothing wrong. Is this some other agent who like sourced it all, did the contract, blah, blah, blah. Maybe he knew about it. Maybe he did something wrong, but he's always been very pleasant to me. And then he handed us over to the scoundrel. Uh, I wouldn't say his name, but he handed us over to the scoundrel who then robbed me. And he's basically bending my morals to make me drop it. He's basically saying, I'm going to fire him unless he gives you 12,000 dirhams. Of which I'm like, I don't want his money. I want your money. And he's like, no, you can have his money or no one's. The guy calls me begging for me to just take 4,000 dirhams because it's all he can afford. It's all he can get. Or he loses his job. You can imagine how much like pressure that puts on me morally to be like, I literally have the power to save his job or save his job, but then also save the company that fuck people over and they don't get any comp uh, any consequences or I make him lose his job and they get their consequences. It's just, they shouldn't have said anything. They shouldn't have put it on me. It's not for me to owe anyone or do anything for anyone. Uh, and if I was more ruthless, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have cared so much. But I, I'm not. I'm, I'm kind. I'm a kind soul at heart, and I, I empathise with him. So uh, I did get caught in a in a very very stressful day, which I didn't want, and that kind of wound me up. And I kind of come to the conclusion: I'm not going to let him push me around. I'm not going to let this guy push me around and like bend me morally. And I'm like, you know what? If he sacks him, good, because he does not deserve that type of owner or boss he's a scumbag and he, he deserves his comeuppance so I didn't actually reply to the guy in the end he messaged me but like oh my, I'm, oh, this is a, like a Tuesday like I've got work to do I've got, I'm in meetings I've got 15 missed calls from these guys I'm like, I've got shit to do man you're wasting more hours and the money that they offered me great 4,000 dirhams is about 800 pound we paid over that in hotels for the time that we couldn't get Loki into the apartment 
So they're not even covering that, let alone the money that I'm missing out on. So really, it's just it's just not good enough. It's just not good enough. So I think I'll I'll take a leaf out of a ruthless book and try and uh, ignore that as much as possible. But we'll see what happens today. I haven't had any uh, messages or anything today that I've seen, so I didn't reply to him yesterday after he told me. So I'd like to think that he's just that the owner is just trying to uh, call a bluff or bluff me out of the complaint and I'm going to try and call the bluff at least hopefully uh, that's pretty much it I'm not going to waffle on too much I know I did like 20-30 minutes of this last time but I've got a load of questions I do want to get into some of these and uh, just spend 20-25 minutes just going over some of these questions because I think that it's, uh, it's a good little uh, outlet to kind of expand on some questions versus just like answering them in a few sentences on Instagram so Kyle Shepard Fit uh, what dosage and length did you use TB500 considering using it for some injuries? So first of all, I'll preface this with do your own uh, research. There is mild research, some research, uh, and I use it, so take that with however you will, but there is some research to say that if you perhaps have cancer or cancerous-like cells within your body and you are using something that regrows cells or grows cells that perhaps you might accelerate those rate of growths so you got to be a little bit mindful of that yeah maybe you just don't have that and maybe it's fine i use it to take that with a pinch of salt so i use one miller i either use one milligram every other day or i use two milligrams every third days uh, every third day and I'll do that for as pretty much as long as the injury uh, sticks around but I'll usually combine that with BP157 which is another kind of peptide that can enhance the gro the regrowth of, of, of broken tissue especially things like ligaments tendons which are very hard to to get to and I'll use 250 micrograms of that twice a day so yes I will inject myself twice a day and the thing is TB500 is systemic so you can kind of put that in wherever and it'll go through the body and it'll find where the injuries are and it'll try to heal them. BPC is not, it's localized. So you actually need to put the BPC right where it is, like as close to the injury as possible. So I used that for my hernia and it was oh, it's just, you're so swollen after that, uh, the surgery that I was like just putting it through the swelling and just putting it in there. But, and, it, and it did really, really help. But more recently I've had my pec injury, so I've just been getting it right in the corner. The injections aren't comfortable, especially if there's an injury there and you're just, putting a needle through it it's, it's it's not the nicest feeling but the quickest route to recovery so that is my peptide protocol um opinion on, on this is kind of yeah, opinions on peptides that kind of that kind of like summarizes it like i know people who run this shit year round like preventatively and i i, I personally wouldn't especially of using something like growth hormone as well i think growth hormone can offer a lot of injury injury recovery benefits as it is so that kind of summarizes my opinion on it um craigie goes i don't like this question sorry but given the goals why haven't you absolutely sent it on trend for example uh because i want to survive and i want to live and i don't want to kill myself before i get to the goal uh, um trend is a strong drug and yet strong anabolically but more importantly in most most prominently it fucked your brain up man like it just sends you crazy the first time i ever used trend 
was, I was uncontrollable. I lost my head. I couldn't, I just could not control my temper. I could not control my reactions. I could not control my anxiety or patience. I couldn't think straight and it's just savage. So there is absolutely no way I want to feel like that year round at all in any way, shape or form. Just for the sake of a bit of muscle, I'd rather do it a slower way. Uh, and plus, I just don't think that uh, Tren is that effective. I think in lower doses, for sure. But just sending it on Tren, I don't think offers the benefits that you probably think it does. So that's pretty much why, mate. That's pretty much why. Um, how would you recover crashed estrogen, libido gone, tired, watery? Well... You need to know why that is. Um, you need to know why that is because if it's just from using a Rimadex, it's just going to come back up eventually. If you've got low estrogen, you need to figure out why. I actually had a natural guy that I used to coach. Uh, I can't remember his name. Forgive me, it was a long time ago. Uh, but he actually had low estrogen, normal testosterone, low libido, high anxiety, which is just classic low estrogen side effects. And um, I actually did a consult call with um, Joe Jeffrey on how to kind of improve the estrogen. And it was actually soy protein. So we, yeah, like really soy boy is real. Like you actually, uh, if you do have a lot of soy, you can push your estrogen up. So we did that for like four months. He had a couple of scoops of soy protein per day. And uh, lo and behold, he felt better, recovered better felt less anxious and his estrogen came back much 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 higher so that could be a way but if you are using exogenous hormone and exogenous estrogen control you need to try and figure that out um either remove it or just figure out why it's there in the first place um this is uh will you will you and tmc link up again when you're back or he's over 100 percent. he's actually going to come here in uh january so there may be a podcast on the, on the on the horizon. We'll see. But yeah, he's going to come here in January, so we'll definitely link up. It'll be good to see him. It's been a while since I've seen the boy. When I go back, less likely when I go back because I don't spend time in London. I've got one friend in London now. Well, two friends if you include Tom. So it's very hard to warrant the two-hour drive, the £150 Airbnb a night, the... 10 pound day passes in the gym just to go see some friends like I'd rather them come to me or meet at a mutual place uh, I'd most likely go back to where my mum is in Gloucestershire and spend the time there so less likely but he's definitely going to come over here which would be great but yeah you know we're trying to get the team back together we're trying to get the squadron back together but we'll we're going to hold hold on that uh, for now how much should a test only cycle cost? Cheap, mate. People go like, you know, testosterone per month is cheaper than protein. I don't know if there's many guys who listen to this who are natural, but that's crazy. You buy a pot of testosterone for 30 quid, 35 pound. What's a tub of protein? 50? <laughs> Last year, a month, sometimes like under. So yeah, if you're doing, if you're doing 250 to 300 milligrams a week, it could cost you £25 a month. Really, really not very much. It's obviously if you're using like 600 milligrams, you're going to go through it a lot quicker. So, is there any bro science knowledge that you find valuable or believe in? I, you know what? I kind of feel like bro science is like the precursor to real science. You know, like getting a pump, 
for example. Yeah, a lot of people just focus on getting the pump. Well, there is some science to say that getting a pump causes sarcoplasmic, sarcoplasmic uh, hypertrophy, and you know, leaving when the body has got can't lift up another set and absolutely destroying the muscle. Well, you kind of train till failure there. So a lot of bro science is almost like a precursor to real science. Of course, like things like a protein shake within five minutes of you leaving the gym, that stuff I'm probably a little bit less less likely to. I'd probably go with the pump stuff. I gen I think the more the older I train, the harder I train, the more closer to failure I train, the more I realise that maybe taking a step back from that and chasing a bit of a pump at the end is a really, really good idea. And just accounting for a bit more total volume. Even if you're far away from from overall failure but just driving a load of blood into the body and getting a huge pump, I just think is probably quite positive. So I would say chasing a bump is probably some quite good bro science that works. Um, this guy says, if the gym didn't exist, I hate these questions because I can't picture my life without it. If the gym didn't exist, what would you be doing right now? I haven't got a clue. Because I like if, if the gym stopped tomorrow, I'd have more of a clue because I realize there's an online world out there. But if I hadn't begun the gym and all this kind of stuff, I might have been stuck in a normal job and not understand that there's a world in the internet, a world of the internet where you can earn a shitload of money, yeah? And, and work online, work from home, find different ways to earn money, just all from a laptop. And I probably only realized that because I started the online thing with, with social media. So if it stopped today, I'd probably still be online finding something to do, drop shipping, finding a product to sell. Something along those lines, but if it was before, I don't know. I don't know. I might have been. I might have been stuck in the matrix and been a policeman or a plumber or something. I don't know. I really don't know. Not that anyone who does those things is stuck in the matrix, by the way. If you choose to do that, I just mean I would have done an everyday job because, uh, yeah, I think people, people where I come from, and I think probably a lot of people resonate with this. If you come from like a small town, small place, like not a lot of people make it quote-unquote to the big leagues so you just don't know it's possible you just don't see it but with social media and, and things like that you you can see it so it's a little bit more apparent so if there's no social media as well like you know I think a lot more people would just be in their same hometowns finding a local job and kind of just fitting into that that routine every day so hard question what dose I'm not going to do doses anymore We'll do some. We'll do some differences. What are the biggest changes in training slash nutrition being coached by John versus Cal? Um, so, training just I'm doing a little bit more volume in total. Also, the volume changes. Uh, I did kind of get to the point with Cal where I was probably changing the training and volume myself, which was mutually spoken about like I was like I can kind of take over this and kind of offers him a little bit less to do and gives me a little bit more freedom but with John I'd let him kind of take over the reins fully so like we start a baseline volume of training and then just taper up sets over time based off how you're progressing and that was kind of like finding that maximum volume that you can handle that was probably something a little bit different rather than just the old school JP way was like stick to two sets maybe three on something a little bit easier uh fatigue wise 
and just drive the weight up on bar because more weight on bar is more stimulus which equals more muscle and yeah it does it does for sure but there's a point when that intensity starts to hurt starts to get very hard and yeah you can push through it and you can get very good at it and you get a better recovery capability recovery capacity which i did for sure um i did that for very very many years like four or five years but i can say that i do prefer it this way just being able to not like have to bury myself into the oblivion with like the final two one or two reps and then getting another set on the end i think that's a little bit better nutrition same 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 split your carbs out more pre-workout more post-workout intra workout same same really not much different maybe slightly higher protein but i'm also slightly higher muscle mass at this point so same same and, and i kind of knew it was going to be very similar they, they do seminars together they learn off each other it's you know it's i knew it wasn't going to be like a complete switcheroo uh but just something a little bit different um what are the biggest no we did that one do you think the fitness industry is getting too technical when it comes to exercise tutorials i think it largely depends on how you feel about that I think I think there are just people who get off on being technical and they enjoy it and they are calculated and they enjoy going down that route so do it but there's also a lot of people probably more people that are a little bit more I'm not going to say it in a bad way but meat heady I'm probably one of them who just wants to go in a lift without all the pressure of setting up everything being perfect perfect arm, arm angle perfect uh, drop off angle all the time Though I want the principles there. I'm probably like 75% technical, 25% meathead. But if you want to push that sliding scale up a bit more towards technical and not, it's just not a big deal. You know, I think while I think a lot of people, if they wanted to be 0% technical, would probably do better with some technicality. I understand that they don't want to do it because it's a little bit of pressure. Uh... You know what, you get some logbook anxiety, you can get caught up on it. If you don't understand it as well, you know, if you don't understand actual biomechanics. I actually do think that Sam Sudek is a pretty good example. Like, he actually understands it. He actually understands the biomechanics because he explains it sometimes and then just doesn't do it because he's like, fuck that. And that's fine, like, it's not a big deal. Like, he looks good, he feels good, he's going to get a pump, he trains as hard as can be, he's going to grow. And you are going to grow, but... You know, it, it really is preference. It really is preference. That's why I don't like the camps of like, you shouldn't be too technical. I should actually be what the fuck I want, mate. You know, like it's not for you to say what I should do. What I used to get off on, and I say that in the sense of what I used to obsess over, was how can I get the most out of every exercise? Okay, well, I've done that. I've done that. I used to reverse band everything. I used to band hack squats and... Uh, use cuffs and, and actually I haven't used my cuffs other than lateral delts in a, in a while I haven't reverse banded or banded anything in a little while I've like found different ways to get the similar results of, of different exercises not that I won't go back there I definitely will I just kind of have you just find out what you like you find out what what does good for you so don't like if you've not tried it and it piques your interest do it if you've not tried it and you think I don't want to try it don't try it bodybuilding is so simple that's that famous JP line. Bodybuilding is so simple. Yeah, eat a lot, train hard. However you feel is good, it's all good. It's not really a big deal. 
I just like to know how to train efficiently. That's literally the difference. Uh, how has your PED ramp up changed over time? That's a good question because it has changed with Cal. And I should say it with Cal because I didn't really make too many decisions of anabolics over my time. In fact, I haven't really. I've just understood the decisions and probably agreed with what, how they were done. I used to just taper up over like a six month period, right? I'd do, as an example, I'll try to take a mid range cycle so it makes sense. Uh, 300 test, no, let's say 200 test, 400 primo. I'd wait four or five weeks, then go to 300 tests, 600 primo. I'd wait four or five weeks and then go up again. I'd wait three weeks, go up again, and, and kind of like that. With John, it's completely different. Whereas with Cal, I'd probably use those to kind of get through plateaus, and perhaps if body weight wasn't moving as easy or training needed a little bit of a boost, I'd use those anabolics. With John, I kind of prefer this approach as well, and I've been using this approach with a lot of my clients, is just ramping up over a naught to eight-week period, uh, if not quicker, and spending a little bit more time at that peak dose, rather than a little bit less cycle time, so maybe I'll do four or five months versus six months plus, um, but spending more time at that peak dose. So let's just say I'd go 200, I'm going to say 200, 400, that means test primo, 200, 400 week one, 300, 600 week two, 400, 800 week three, uh, 450, 1000, week five, and like working up to that peak dose like that. Um, I do prefer it that way. Um, it gives you a little bit of a chance to feel the feels of every single week, but also gives you a chance to pull back. Uh, and it just gives you more time at that peak dose, which I think at my, uh, my timeline, my uh, career level, is probably a good idea to spend more time there because I've got to grow. So I've got to go do it. Um, how long did you take to recover thyroid after T3, T4 use? Like two weeks. Uh, most of my clients recover really, really well from thyroid. It's one of those ones that bounces back really quick. But after like prolonged, consistent thyroid use, it might not bounce back as quick. So you might have to use thyroid replacement therapy, which is not uncommon in bodybuilding. Um, but yeah, it bounces back pretty quick, to be honest. Have you experimented with EQ? No, and I won't because it's a shit drug. It's not used in humans and causes blood pressure issues and red blood cell issues. Um, how do you go about your insulin use? I'm going a bit quicker over these drug ones because you don't need to go too in depth for these. Um, I base it off carbohydrates, literally. Like, if I get over 500 carbohydrates, I'll use like baseline levels of insulin just to supplement the amount. For someone my height, my height, my weight, my muscle mass, I'm probably releasing enough insulin to deal with about 450, 500 grams of carbohydrates. As soon as I go above that, like, I am overproducing it. So there might be a point when you are insulin resistance because I've been overproducing it for a long period of time. Uh, so anything above that, I'd use like baseline level of Lantus. And then if we keep creeping up, maybe a little bit of Nova Rapid as well. So I basically just base it off carbohydrates. And I would do in 90 to 100% of clients, but 90, but like uh, say 70 to 80% of clients have the stigma around insulin still. So they're just like, no, I don't want to do it. And I'm never going to force a client into using something. I'm going to educate them, let them know what it's doing, let them know that it's not like some super bad, ugly drug that's going to blow out your waist. It's not like that. It's actually a supplement to your pancreas uh, to make sure you don't go insulin resistance later down the line. Increase nutrient partitioning, increase glucose uptake, increase protein uptake. And it like opens the door for just like nutrients to flood in rather than the crazy drug that people think. I mean, there's even like fucking 
proper good coaches. Good by, I mean, the caliber of their clients, not good in terms of actual coaching. They just think you shouldn't be using Hinson. You gotta earn the right. I think, bro, you gotta learn the right. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> learn the right to use Hinson, not earn it. Because this is not how it works. So, that is it. We'll do the last two now. Creeping on half an hour. We're going to leave this one a little bit shorter. We're going to go to the mall and do some Christmas present shopping. So, we're going to do that. What does your Christmas day dinner look like as a pro bodybuilder? I normally always train. Because it normally always falls on a training day. I'd probably train anyway, even if it wasn't. Because I, kind of, I just get off on training on Christmas day. It's cool. Especially when the gyms are closed and you've got like a key to a gym. I love that. Or just like seeing the fellow lifters in the gym that like the hardcore, you're like, right boys, girls, how you doing? I like that. Uh, so I'll probably train in the morning. This year's gonna be different. This year we're getting pissed. This year we're getting drunk. It's also Loki's birthday on Christmas day, so we're gonna send it a little bit. We're gonna go to a bar, restaurant thing. I don't really know what it is. There's like a three course meal, but it's also like all you can drink. Here they have places where you pay a fee and then you get all you can eat, all you can drink. Uh, for like four hours, so we've got like four hours to try and get our money's worth, which we'll, which, which, which we will. So it's been like my one and only day this year. Oh no, we actually went to a rave in June, maybe something like that, where we had a, I had a few drinks, mostly other drugs, but I had a few drinks where I was a little bit drunk, but not like it's going to be on Christmas Day because you can't get those drugs here. So. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get a little bit drunk, have a good time. I'm gonna take. I'm not even gonna worry about anything. One day will never ruin progress. The one thing I've been saying to my clients a little bit more this this month, probably, especially as I move more into like the the non-competitors or the people who don't want to compete right away or maybe don't want to be pros. If it makes memories, it's worth it, and that's kind of the 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 the, the, the philosophy. I want to live by as long as it doesn't interrupt my bodybuilding and one day it just won't you know I'll take boxing day off it's not a big deal it's not a big deal so that will be Christmas in the Bridgman household also Mumsy's going to be here she comes Friday morning she comes so you know we'll, uh, we'll have a good old time between us she comes in two, for two weeks and um, we'll have a good old Christmas so guys that that'll be it um I hope everyone else listening to this has a good Christmas as well because the next podcast will probably be after Christmas so I hope you get all the presents I hope Santa brings everything that you want hope you enjoy some good time with the family good time with friends and uh, we'll see you in the next podcast guys peace and love everybody enjoy bye bye